Good morning and welcome to a Saturday, July 17th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And uh, we're delighted you've joined us today for our study on 2 Peter. I believe the the title is Zealous for the Truth, right, Pastor? Yes, sir. 2 Peter. Now, 2 Peter only has three chapters, uh, but I think... You and I discussed this, Pastor, and we're it's probably going to take three full sessions, three full one-hour sessions. So for the next three Saturdays, we will be in Second Peter. Uh, with that being said, uh, take it away and take us into Second Peter. Tell us what we've got ahead of us here, Pastor. All right. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Curtis. Um we, we call this zealous for the truth, and, it's, uh, and, and we'll go into the reason for that in, uh, in just a few moments. Um, uh, this Second Peter is mainly about apostasy. Now, the word apostasy does not appear in the King James Version of the Bible, but what it means is a falling away, and Second Peter is all about uh, the apostasy that's going to befall the church of Jesus Christ in the end times. Well, first of all, let's define the end times. The end times or the last times began when Jesus appeared. Hebrews chapter one tells us that uh, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Present tense. So, and there are several other uh, texts that talk, talk about we're in the last days. Uh, uh, John talks about it in one of his uh, epistles. And uh, so we need to understand that there is an apostasy that's coming, and by the way, is already here and is growing. And so we need to get... Uh, we need to get believers to be prepared to, to see how they to combat uh, this apostasy that's uh, that's uh, running rampant in our churches today. Uh, now I said the word apostasy doesn't occur in the English uh, King James Bible, but neither do the words Trinity, neither does the word sovereignty, neither does the word rapture appear in the text. But they're certainly very fundamental doctrines of the faith. Now let's let's ask this question of ourselves: Why be zealous for the truth? Well, because it is the believer's most effective weapon to combat insidious apostasy. You've got to know the truth to be able to combat apostasy. Now, churches all over the world, and 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 in America, it's happening more and more and more. It's not just incrementally anymore. It's exponentially. It's happening a lot. The churches are being divided and destroyed from within. As apostates enter in privily, 2 Peter 2, 1 says that they'll sneak in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in Jude, verse 4, it's only a one-chapter book, it says that they creep in unawares. Mm -hmm. Well, how do they get in unawares? Because... Uh, preachers have not made us aware of what's happening and what's going to happen. Note this, that John, and, and by the way, you can, you can combat apostasy with the truth. 
Now, I want you to note this, that John mentions truth in its various forms 87 times in his five books. The Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. And Paul says the same thing 62 times. Do you suppose truth is important? You know, Pontius Pilate, when he had Jesus before him and was trying Jesus, he said, what is truth? Well, it, a Pontius Pilate apparently never heard Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, verse 17, when he prayed for his disciples and he said to God, sanctify them by the truth. That's how to be sanctified, folks. Thy That's how to be said. Thy word is truth. That's why we're going to teach from the word of God. We always do. We always will. Now, as we begin our study, that uh, we'll see that what the church needs in any age is, is number one, an exceptional and thorough knowledge of the truth. Five times in chapter one. Peter mentions the word knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. When, when it's talked about Jesus, whom to know, whom to know is life eternal? Yeah, knowledge. So the first thing we need is an exceptional and thorough knowledge of truth. That means be in the Bible daily. Secondly, we need a leader or leaders in our churches who will faithfully and constantly teach and preach the truth boldly, fearlessly and publicly unveiling and warning against the insidious evils of apostasy. The more one knows and practices the truth, the easier it will be to recognize error. Yeah, and th there will be no which needed. We, it, it's it's the only way to recognize error. Is to know what it is. is. To know what the truth is. And to know what the truth is. That's why we need to be zealous for the truth. Now, what is an apostate, by the way? Well, um, Peter reveals this in this in his second epistle here, Second Peter, and he gives you the basic characteristics of what an apostate is. Um, he says they, in, in chapter 1, uh, verse 16, he says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we have made known unto you the power and concerning uh, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We've not followed cunningly devised fables. So apostates promote myths. Mm. Is, is an apostate the same thing as a heretic? Um it's very close. I mean, they're they're they're, they're, they're twins. Kiss, they're kissing cousins, aren't they? Uh, or 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 or, uh, <laughs> or twins, identical twins. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So they first of all they promote myths. Don't believe them. Believe God. Secondly, in chapter two, verse three, they make merchandise of you. Oh, they're in it for the buck. Hi, Peter Popoff. Yeah, there are a lot of preachers out there that uh, are, are teaching false doctrines. And the only way you can combat that is to know what is proper doctrine. And, and I keep using the word no. 
the most blatant example I could ever think of is Benny Hinn. Oh, boy. When he was active. Yeah. Boy. You talk about an apostate. Yeah. A guy that says before uh, before the fall, Adam could had wings and could fly. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'll see. I was, That's not in your Bible. I had to go back and search the scriptures. And, uh, and, and by the... Oh, and you know, I never found that. I, I don't... I wonder where he got that. That's right. He says, so they'll make merchandise of you. They'll do it for the dollar. Now, the third thing they do is they mock the doctrine of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is in two events. First of all, the rapture of the church and then the return of Jesus Christ after a seven-year tribulation period, he returns to the earth. And so they mock that. And, and how do I know they do that? It says... Uh, talking about the Apostle Paul and his apostles, his epistles that he wrote, it says, um, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things are hard to be understood, understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, W-R-E-S-T, that means twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they do also uh, other scriptures to their own destruction they mangle the scriptures they promote myths make merchandise of you mock the second coming of the lord and they mangle the scriptures that's what apostates do that's what they're doing this very day and it's getting worse and it's getting worse because christians do not have a thorough knowledge of the word of god like they should it isn't couldn't isn't that what different translations of the Bible actually do? Let me tell you, Curtis, there are 180-some uh, English translations, if you can say that. I, I'm going to say versions, English versions of the entire Bible, and over 200 versions of the New Testament. Yeah. Now, Isn't that what they do, is that mangle the Scriptures? And that's what they do. And, and, uh, and uh, remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter... 14, it says, God's not the author of confusion. Well, these people are being confused because this version says this thing and another version says that thing. And little kids sitting next to their parents ask them, which one is right? Yep. And by the way, we heard that in our church, didn't we? I wonder sometimes, uh, kind of picture, fantasize in my mind as to what a pastor would do uh, if he wanted to teach a group of young people about Baal and the prophets uh, using the American Standard Version. Which ain't there. Well, it is there. But the language is oh, oh. It's terrible. I mean, when Elijah says, Where, where's your God? How come he's not showing up? The ASV says, where is Baal? Maybe he's out sitting on a toilet. Now, now that's what it says. Yeah. Now, now, where on, where in the heck do you get that out of the original text? One of my rules of study, Curtis, and just for the rest of you, I have about a list of about twenty-eight rules which I have about how to study the scriptures. You've got more than that. I, I, I've, I've been around for a while okay. with you. But one of them is is with regard to these versions. Pick one and stick with it. Okay, and I, I've picked well, but make sure you do the right one. Yeah. Now, I'm not one of those that's with the King James only crowd. Although, boy, I'm pretty. I have a foot and a half in their 
in their house because uh, I've picked the King James Version because it's the very best and it has over 415 years of dependability. And it's still going strong. And I want to go on the record as saying a foot and a half for you is like seven feet for other people. I got got size 13, (laughs) quadruple E, making fun of my feet. I don't. I not only trip over my own feet, but over everything else. else. Okay. Okay. So enough for the humor. Let's. But but we have fun. Absolutely. We do. We studying the word is fun. Yeah. You and 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 I and my and my lovely wife sit here and just enjoy the heck out of of teaching and hearing the scriptures and reading. Absolutely. And by the way, while while she's not. Doing the teaching, she is very sharp. Oh boy! In the Bible, yeah. Okay, so uh, watch out about these people that promote myths, make merchandise of you, mock the doctrine of the second coming, and they mangle the scriptures. Now, the basic skeleton outline of Second Peter's is as follows: If you ever want to study it for yourself, you don't have me or Curtis or, or Sharon uh, to tell you these things. I want you. I want you to get these things in your notes and refer to them. As if you want to listen to this podcast, you can listen to it again and get these three main points. Chapter one of Second Peter is about the preparation of the believer to combat apostasy. Chapter two of Second Peter is about the practices of apostates to deceive and to destroy. Chapter 3 are the prophecies regarding the end of apostates and the principles for believers in the light of the end of this present world, and we're getting closer and closer to the end of it, and you can see it with the apostates that's happening in what what once were fundamental, independent, Bible-believing churches are going liberal and morphing into licentiousness. Almost every mainline denomination. And it's sickening. It's sickening. Now, are we the only ones preaching the truth? No. 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 But, uh, but uh, you know, the truth is, uh, is, is being uh, preached fewer and farther between. Yeah, we're, we're in a much smaller room now these days. That's right. So, less so occupants. okay, so, so now you've got the basics of what Second Peter is about. So now we'll start uh, with, with, Going, we're going to go um, verse by verse uh, as much as possible, and that's why it's going to take almost forever to get through. Uh, we know that we're going to take uh, three-hour sessions. Uh, yeah, and that's in our plan. But it'll be worth it if you just pay attention. Absolutely. And I hope you have as good a time with it as as we do. That starts out with this Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, let me stop there. Peter disputed with the Lord. He doubted the Lord. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, God chose Peter to write two epistles to believers. Isn't God's grace amazing? Yeah. (laughs) And and Peter calls himself, first of all, a servant. Yes. He's a slave. That's what we are. Yeah. Servants of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then he says, uh, an apostle. 
By the way, one of the false doctrines is the doctrine of apostolic succession. There are people today that call themselves apostles, and that ain't so. There were only 13 apostles. There were 12 originals. Jude betrayed Jesus Christ, then went out and hung himself, and then God chose a wicked, murderous, Christian-hating Jew, Paul, to be his, well, Saul. His yeah. name was Saul, and he changed his name to Paul. And by the way, we're not going to go into that very much, but, but there's a reason for that. And so Paul, Paul got born again. And, and and wrote 13 books of the Bible. And, and so, but he was an apostle. But there are no other apostles after the first century of the church. Well, there's no apostles in today's postmodern church. That's right, because you're not being individually chosen to go to the world. Uh, you, you, you now are a, uh, now you're a missionary. But what if you say you are? Uh, then you're wrong. Then you're then you're an apostate. You're scripturally wrong. That's right. Okay. Pardon us while Curtis silences his phone. See, we're we're informal here, folks. Yes. Okay. So in verse one of chapter one, it says uh, he's writing to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now. Peter's audience basically is our saved Jews. The book of Galatians said that Peter was strong to the to the Jews and, and Paul was strong to the Gentiles. And so Peter was primarily a minister to the Jews. And the first uh, oh, 12 chapters of the book of Acts is the main the main character is Peter. And then from from chapters 13 through the end. Chapter 28, the main character is Paul. Mm -hmm. Peter was preaching to this dispersed Jews, who, by the way, were probably dispersed through the wicked, evil ministry and machinations of Paul, who became an apostle. In fact, he had he was headed for Damascus to find out more Jewish Christians that That's he could kill. Down, yeah. Amazing. So he's writing to them that have obtained like precious faith. Oh, boy, how precious is that faith? Man, oh, man. In, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it's called an unfeigned faith. And how do you obtain that faith? By faith, Truth. by believing. It's in the last part of verse 1. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there to it if you'll let me. <laughs> oh. Now, you see how much fun we we have. Okay. I'm proud to have a son who knows the scriptures. I, I, really I just got chewed out a little though, just so okay. everybody saying that. Yeah. So the precious faith is also called unfeigned faith in 2 Timothy 1 5. In in Titus chapter 1, verse 4, it's called the common faith. That means all of us who believe. In in Jude, that's only a one chapter book, uh, verse 20, it's called the most holy faith. Now let's talk about how precious this faith is. He says, uh, um, who have obtained precious faith with us through the righteousness of God 
uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ, not by own, our righteousness, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now let's talk a little bit more about this faith. It's, it's incorruptible. It's an incorruptible faith. Uh, it's, it's an undefiled faith. Uh, verse 4 says, Wherefore are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by, by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, my goodness. We have a divine nature. Does that mean we've lost the sinful nature? Oh, no. That means we've got, through faith in Jesus Christ, has given us a divine nature so that we may protect ourselves through the knowledge of Jesus Christ and that divine nature. We can, we can combat apostasy. Yep. He says, Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, we have an incorruptible and undefiled, and by the way, and it's an individual thing, uh, is this... And, and it's and it's an inheritance and it's incorruptible and it's undefiled and it's individual uh let's let's continue um verse five says, it says something very very uh, pregnant with meaning Curtis and Sharon Ann and and we know this because we've been believers for a long long time I got saved at age 11 Curtis you got age saved at age 10 yeah. uh, as my precious, Firstborn son, Sharon, you got saved when you were a teenager, were you? No, I was in grade school. She was just in grade school and she got saved. So, and by the way, uh, Sharon and I are in our 80s. Yep. And she's just as gorgeous as she ever was. I don't think so. You've got all your teeth. <laughs> okay. Okay. And he says, and so... We, we've been around a while, so we have some knowledge, and we want to we send that knowledge along to you through the teaching and preaching of the scriptures. And so here's how, you, and so here's how we can do it. Here's how Curtis and Sharon and I, down through the ages, this is what we've done. We've learned spiritual addition. Yes, we have. And it says here, and here it is. I mean, that's elementary. First thing you learn how to do is add. So here it is. He says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add what to your faith? Okay, good. <laughs> and add to your faith virtue. What in the world is virtue? Somebody... Huh? Virtue, yeah. It it, it 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 encloses a lot of things here. It, it includes honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently. Fidelity. Fidelity. Yeah. All of those things. 
virtue. Yeah. 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 Uh, be, be not only a nice guy, but charitable nature. Yeah. 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 Virtue. Yeah. And so, and then it says, add to virtue knowledge. Oh, there's that word again, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. Stay away from things. There's some things that you need to avoid. <coughs> Physical and mental sin to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. Uh-oh. Now he's hoeing down my row. <laughs> uh, if, if, if I have a shortcoming and I got some, mm. uh, it, it, sometimes it's impatience. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want I want knowledge and I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it comes with patience. And that's something you have to add my, my, to your faith. And then to and and to patience you add godliness. How do you be like God? Well, by knowing from the scriptures who he is, what he is, how he works, what he will do, what he has done. What his glory is, what his power is, what his grace is all about, and then practice it. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. The Apostle Paul have said, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. He said, he said, without charity, that's brotherly kindness. I am nothing. Add to your faith, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Okay, now can I point something out? You certainly may. How many how many times do we have to add there? Uh, it, it, the the word the verb is keep on adding. Yeah, but how many times do we have to add in that? Well, yeah, or how many kinds of things? Seven. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and seven in biblical numerology. Is the is the number of perfection? Oh, so if we add all these things to uh, our knowledge, yeah, then then what we need to combat apostasy is complete. Okay. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, I, you're the one that pointed it out. You smart Ellie. Okay. This is how we study down in my basement. Yeah. This is exactly how we what do it. Goes on That's what here. goes on. And then it says this in verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound. You know, it, it means that there's not just supposed to be a little hint, a little tiny eyedropper full. These things must be in you and abound. And if they're in you and they're abounding, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this adding is part of our preparation as believers to combat apostasy and to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. It's also part of our sanctification process. Yeah, and sanctification is a sadly uh, abused doctrine. Sanctify. Some people, uh, when they say they're sanctified, that they, makes you better than some other believer. No, no, no. Sanctification simply means a separation unto God. That's, That's right. what it means. Yeah. And we're sanctified by the Spirit, and the Spirit is the one who gave the Word of God. 
So be in the word of God, be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, be separated unto God. And by the way, you'll be fruitful. Yeah. One of our hopes for doing this on a podcast is that the fruit that that that, that might be credited to our account uh, would abound. We hope that we would bring more people to a saving knowledge and then after that a serving knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then it says this, but, verse 9, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It means you have a memory problem. That's, that's all it means. When you add these things to your faith, your memory will improve. Absolutely. But if you don't add these things, there, there, you'll have moments when you forget who you are and whose you are. And he says, wherefore then, in verse 10 of chapter 1, the rather brethren, give diligence. That means keep on keeping on to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Wow. Now, I'm a human being. I'm an adult human being. I'm an athletic human being. I, I played college football and, and varsity baseball in, in, in high school. I was an athlete. And by the way, I can remember falling down. I can remember getting knocked down. Uh, I, I remember those, and I don't like it. I never liked it. Well, and, so, and so I constantly trained under a coach to learn how not to fall down when it was not necessary. Now we'll stop this half hour with that statement, and we'll be back. We'll pick it up in just a few moments. That's right. Stay tuned.